Okay. Thirty. Boo boo boo. And divergy. Boo boo boo. And thriving. <laughs> I love that you can come up with something different every week because it's... I for sure would have been doing the same thing for five weeks straight. Eventually, the well will run dry, and that <laughs> is when we will have our own jingle. Yeah. I'm like also a little jealous because I was listening to the the Geeky Grown Ups podcast. I don't know if y'all listeners have heard of it, but yeah, because it's dope and their jingle is the best. So one day we'll get a jingle too. But for now, I'll be the jingle. Yeah, I just can't find like so I tried to find us like a song and I couldn't find anything that like fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, when the time is right, we will stumble upon it. Yeah, even if that that means making our own. You know, mm-hmm. but right now I'm liking the rando, the random jingles. Yeah. Courtesy of me. Yeah. You're welcome, world. <laughs> um, Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yep. I'm Kelsey. I'm Joe. And we are 30 and diverging and thriving. We, we, do we tell them that we're doing this remote? No, this is the first episode that we're doing remote. Kelsey's not feeling super well, so we're doing this over Zoom. It's the first time that we've done it, so. Yeah. And I can't see Joe's face at all yeah it's a bit discombobulating but i kind of well we're gonna roll with it yeah you don't have a webcam hey i do you do i do oh then we could put our video so we can at least see i thought you did it as a i thought maybe you were like i don't want to that's me do you see my hair do you see my hair i don't know if you can you see me yeah see that's nice that makes you feel better (laughs) i needed your face My hair looks like episode, uh, season two of Girls, when Lena, the character, Hannah, has, a, I think, a OCD episode and cuts off all her hair. Oh. And that's what it, this is what it looks like. And let me pull up a picture. See, I was thinking the episode of Fleabag where the sister cuts off all her hair. Oh my God. <laughs> I look like a pencil. Yeah. It's French. It's chic. It's chic. <laughs> I was like thinking yesterday because there was this like Instagram like post thing for yeah. your story that's like, check all the things that you've done this year. Yeah. And people are like, one of them was like, watched 10 movies. And a bunch of people were like, didn't mark it. And I was like, they haven't watched 10 movies? Like, that's insane. Like, 10 movies is not a lot of movies. 10 movies is barely, I can do that in like two days. Yeah. It, with the, with, it, in the right state of mind, I can, I could do that almost in one day. In yeah. 24 hours. But to each their so, own. I can't find it. I can't find it. And I'm I was like, like, sure. Like, I know for sure. I've, I've watched at least like 50 movies this year. 100. Yeah. Oh, like new movies though? I've seen at least, I've, I counted, I, I've seen 12 new movies, like movies that were released this year. I've seen at least 12 of them. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can say, wait, like new movies, like in theater movies. Oh, I just said like released in 2023. So even if they were like straight to like streaming, if they were released this year, it counts. Oh, I must. But somehow I feel like maybe that was only eight, maybe like only eight or like five. Cause I just, this is the thing. Neurodivergence. I rewatch movies all the time and it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse in the last little bit. I just, I'm, today I rewatched Singing in the Rain and mm-hmm. I'm in the process of watching, rewatching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Ooh. So I'm in my childhood feels. Does anyone else 
rewatched like their childhood films? And if so, what are those for you? Let's put that. It has nothing to do with friendship. No, friendship with movies, childhood friendship with movies. There we go. Circled that back. What were yeah. your childhood movies? And do you rewatch them as adults often in order to gain comfort? Because I friggin' do. Well, yeah, I think a lot of like as adults, our comfort movies are movies that we watched as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Like for me, like Home Alone is one of them. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. I will watch it if I feel like I just need that kind of comfort. Home Alone. Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? Because Home Alone 2 is actually my favorite. It's one of the few where I feel like the sequel is better than the first. Really? I like yeah. the first one. But I think that's because I watched the second one first. Oh. I think that's, I have more memories of Home Alone 2, watching that with my sister. Got it. But yeah, Home Alone classic. I was also a secret garden youngin, mm. a little princess, but also Soap Dish, which was entirely inappropriate for me to watch at the age that I was. Look up Soap Dish. I think too, like the reason that like there are so many like Disney adults is because a lot of us grew up watching Disney movies and like a lot of us grew up with like depression, depression, mental illness, 100%. And Disney just had a little key into that. The Disney sauce, you know? Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Okay, but I digress. What are we talking about today, Joe? Uh, Today we're talking about friendships. And if you listen to our last episode, you know that we actually recorded this before and we lost the audio and it was devastating. It was devastating (laughs) because that was a really, really good episode. Oh, but first, let's do spoon check. Yeah, how are your spoons? I have one. I have one single teaspoon. Teaspoon. And that's it. And that's all. And yet it is enough. But I, I don't know if you'll be getting wired after. Kelsey, like last time. Sorry. But also variety, you know? It's all yeah. uh, all shapes, sizes, colors of a person. And today you're getting one spoon Kelsey. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to like normalize, normalize fewer spoons. <laughs> fewer spoons, not feeling good. Really yeah. not feeling good. So excited about that. How are your spoons? They're okay. I am like, every week I go through this. Every week, Sunday is just like, weekends are not long enough. They're not long enough. And Sunday, unless you get Monday off, Sunday yeah. is honestly sometimes the most, okay, actually Sunday from like one to two and on, most yeah. depressing day, in my opinion, because you're just the day. Dreading the next day. Yes. And the and yeah. the week, and the week, like it's not even yeah. just like, what does Monday have to hold? You're contemplating the whole friggin' week. That yeah. you're probably gonna deal yeah. with on Sunday, which I feel like you don't do as much or to the same extent as on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Sunday just feels like unless you get Monday off, it is not yeah not a day of recuperation. It is a day of preparation. Like and Saturday so- is my day of rest typically, yeah. and usually if I am making plans, it'll be on the Saturday because I know. like I would rather rest on the Sunday before I have to go to work. Exactly, but. So you don't even get rest on Saturdays half the time. Yeah. Because it's filled, which we love, which we love. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Where are your spoons at? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like a solid, maybe one sugar spoon, you know, like those teeny yeah. tiny ones. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah. But like, but like really cutely designed, like antique design. Yeah. Like it looks cute. Like a Victorian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Out, out, outdated, archaic, and yet still able to do its job. Yeah. 
but That's just very tiny, like just cannot can hold barely hold any anything. Yeah, sure. <laughs> not very functional, but pretty to look at, you know, pretty to look at. Mazel, I love that for us. <laughs> I don't know if we have any redactions. I feel like, oh, do you? I did. I, I don't think I wrote it down, though, so I don't remember what it was. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know if I. Oh, no. Thought afterlife. Yeah. No. It's gone. I don't know. Well, no redactions this week, apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly, we'll probably redact, redact next time. Yeah. So let's get into it. Friendships. <sighs> woo, 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 woo. Um, I think I'm going to preface this now. We may or this may or may not be two parts. You know what? I think it should. It should be. Even if we don't go over, I think that I would love to revisit this topic at a later date. Okay. I, I, honestly, I would actually just really love to revisit this. I think everyone should be revisiting this topic often. Yeah. But I definitely think part one and then part two, like this is friendship 2023 version. Yeah. Next, maybe next time we'll do friendship 2024. Yeah. That's happening very soon. Yeah. But yeah, I think it should be a two-parter because I feel like the last one was super long. Yeah. And yeah, just this, just revisiting this at a different time, a different place, a different space, I think is important because right now. I'm in a specific place right now yeah. that I would like to eventually revisit when I'm not in this specific place. That's fair. Right? Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Live, learn, laugh. Laugh, live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. And sometimes toot. <laughs> yeah, that's where it is. That's what, those are truths. Yeah. Those are truths and those are things. 20s versus 30s friendships. I remember, I, I remember writing this down and the book that I don't have today. Yeah. What were you like in your 20s versus now? I think friendships in my 20s, I can sum them up in two words, which was sacrifice and belonging. I sacrificed mm -hmm. a lot of things in order to belong. Yeah. In my 30s, it's um, acceptance and compromise. So I'm looking more for acceptance of who I am and not compromising who I am to do it, but then compromising on needs and wants in order to accept the other person too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? I think I was very like also sacrificing mm -hmm. a lot of sacrificing of like myself. Mm -hmm. We did talk about this the first time we recorded. It was like we molded ourselves into like who we were hanging out with. Totally. Just because we wanted to belong, which is, you know, kind of shitty, but super shitty. And I, but I feel like so many people can respond or can, sorry, can relate to that uh, just because yeah. of the fear of rejection and abandonment is so intense, I think, for a lot of people, you know, growing up neurodivergent, you know, growing up maybe with growing up in different family environments, the fear of rejection yeah. and abandonment is very, is very easy to, to make decisions for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you're 20s, you, uh, you know, we talked about this too. We just, you just don't have, 25 is when your brain is, oh. Allegedly allegedly huh. neurotypical brains finish developing at 25 apparently we have to follow this up but apparently neurodivergent, um, brains. neurodivergent brains are still underdeveloped at that yeah. point maybe continue into your 30s mid 30s mid 30s <laughs> shrieks 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 Anyway, you know, even if we're not going to use that argument, still at 25, your brain is just finished. I'm using air quotes right now. Yeah. Developing. So you just don't have the platform to necessarily 
weed through all the the shadow work and stuff that I think people start doing in their 30s yeah or have the or late 20s late 20s so I feel like a lot of friendships in your early to mid 20s are just like almost circumstantial oh yeah I was just gonna say that because like we I guess like are lucky as like kids yeah you know like we make our friends but then like really sometimes the only reason we stay friends with those people is because we see them every day at school yeah and then like people sorry go ahead no keep going I have to write this down keep going (laughs) people in their like in adulthood I've had plenty of friends be like I don't know how to make friends as an adult because yeah like how do I how do I (laughs) well how do you navigate it when it's kind of been something that's just happened to you rather than you making it happen yeah I think that's another common thing in your 20s is is people are just happening to you and you're necessarily behind the driver's wheel making things happen for yourself yeah hold on I have to I discovered this person or star best friend we gotta look up who this person is um I want to touch on what I've kind of learned from her a little bit okay very basic, but, and we'll probably talk more about this in part two, but there, her, her name is Hayes, H-A-W, no, wrong. Let's go back. H-A-Y-E-S. Okay. So it's like at Hello Hayes. Okay. They are a writer and they, they make the advice show Hello Hayes, but they talk about the six, they've kind of developed six types of besties. Oh. And it's friggin' fascinating. And I've started to use it in my in my daily life. So we'll go through that in a second, but to go back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Twenties, twenties just was like, I think it was more sacrificial because we weren't as intentional with it. So we're trying on, like we're trying on people like we would clothes and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. And and unfortunately there's a lot of fallout, I think in that, not because anyone was trying to hurt people, but you're just, that's what happens when you're learning about yourself. There yeah. is collateral damage and, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. I have to live with that for the rest of my life. People have to live. And I think that friendship breakups are devastating. Devastating. I think they might be, I say this now because I've never experienced divorce. But I just think that friendship breakups or, or a loss of like very deep friendships are, are yeah, some of the greatest loss that we can experience in this life. Because friendships, I just think honestly, truly love, love all of the romantic partners out there. But I just think friendships have a level of um, depth to them that there's a different level of like intimacy and like friendships that like even if like your partner is your best friend like they can't mimic the kind of relationship that you have with like your girlfriends or whatever like the people who are your best friends outside of your like romantic relationship hello (laughs) no joe (laughs) you're back joe froze So the recording's just gonna be like, da, da, da. but if it hadn't, you would have just heard me going like, no, no, Joe, I froze. Joe, what am I gonna do, Joe? What do I do? Just like, like I've been marooned on an island or something oh. by myself. Damn it! What were we talking about? You were saying something really good. What was the last thing you heard? I can't remember. Now I'm all distraught over being marooned on an island. Um, it was um, that 
you know, there's a level of intimacy that no matter how, even if your partner is your best friend. Oh yeah, friend, even if your partner's your best friend, it couldn't ever mimic the kind of intimacy that you share with like your actual best friends. Exactly. And and to add to that more, like you just, with your romantic partner, you're navigating a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more ingredients in the pot. Whereas I feel like with friends, it's a little bit more, even like though there can be a breadth to it, there's still just a safe, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know what the word is. There's like fewer expectations, I think, in like, quote unquote, like platonic relationships. Because like when you're romantically involved with someone, of course, you're like usually sleeping with them also. So there's like a sexual expectation. And then like, if you're living together, then there's like house expectations. And then there's like family expectations. Monetary, Monetary financial stuff that in a lot of times friendship just doesn't have that same level of stakes. Yeah. Or in uh, not intensity, because I think friendships are incredibly intense and just so important. Yeah. Like friendships, friendships are really fucking important. Yeah. <laughs> like even with your romantic partner, I, I'm a big believer. I've always kind of known this, that I've always needed all my romantic partners to get to a level of friendship that. Yeah. That it just has to be there for me. Not everyone feels that way. I feel like that's crazy. Like I saw an interview once of like, it was a celebrity talking about his wife. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, she's not my best friend. And I was like, what? What does that feel? You married someone who was not your best friend? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people do that. And and like, totally cool for them. I just, I would love to know what that experience feels like. Because I don't know how to empathize. I don't know how to put myself in those shoes. I mean, I know that there, I've been with people that I definitely like, they're not my best friend. But as soon as you kind of realize that, or as soon as I kind of realized that, that's when I was like, I think I might be done. Yeah. I might have to get out of this. Yeah. Which actually leads me to a point that I want to talk about um, that I don't think is talked about enough and something that I'm learning, literal, literal verb, present tense verb, is incompatibility um, in friendships. Yeah. I think that it's talked about a lot in romantic yeah. relationships and I don't think it's talked about enough in friendships or and, and long uh, and close friendships I think there's something I think a lot of heartbreak happens in and a lot of uh, loss of friendship and friendship breakups happen because one or both people are incompatible with each other the needs that you have are incompatible Mm. and you don't talk about the incompatibility or you don't see the incompatibility until you know it's too late I say that with air quotes or something like that a lot of resentment a lot of micro rejections new word I learned I think happened because of incompatibility. So I think that is, I think that happened a lot in my twenties to like kind of bring it back to twenties versus thirties. I think there was an exceptional amount of incompatibility in my twenties relationships. Makes sense because as we talked about, we're trying to mold ourselves to that person instead of showing up to the friendship and the relationship as authentically as possible. Yeah. Well, I think with two, like with that, like, because we are like neurodivergent, we're also like masking, right? So we're not like intentionally like trying to like become what this person needs. It's just like a mask that we're like presenting. And then all of a sudden we're like friends with them. Yeah. It's like a survival thing. Yeah. We kind of have to just, so it's, and for sure, I think it was very hard living in a world that really didn't, in my opinion, I felt it was unsafe for me to be authentic in a lot of ways, especially younger age when I didn't have a great support system until I met these people that were like 
oh man, you're a weirdo. And I love that. And I'm, yeah. and I feel safe being a weirdo around you. Yeah. I didn't meet those people until I was 27, mm. which again, I think happens a lot with people. You don't really meet the people. Again, if you're neurodivergent, I can't necessarily speak to the experience of a neurotypical person, but in my experience as a NDB, I think that really core friendships are, you know, gifted to you at a later age. Yeah. When you start to also just get tired of not showing up authentically. I, do you think that that's also a thing? Because we're so tired. I think so. The tiredness. The mask is like falling yeah. off and we're just like, I can't do this yeah. anymore. And then that's when the people that we need. Yeah. Like, the energy and the will to just because that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of that's a lot of energy that goes into being something you're not. Yeah. That takes so much out of you. Well, I think too, like for me anyways, in my 20s, I like really took friendships like for granted. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because like, which I'm so mad. But anyways, we talked about this the last time we recorded um, this episode, but it was because like, I was like, I can just make a friend wherever I go. Like, I don't need to have you as a friend because like, I can just make another friend. Like, like people were like, for lack of a better word, like replaceable. And like, I took advantage of a lot of those friendships and I think like now as an adult now that I'm learning to like nurture the people in my life I'm like that's now that's when the people are like that I need to come in or coming in yeah because like the universe is like you deserve this now you this is (laughs) this is you put the work in and now you're getting the people that you deserve you have a sense of gratitude around these people instead of entitlement or I also think I was the same way just like it was very easy. I think we talked about this. It was very easy for me to make friends. It was not easy for me to keep them. Yeah. Because that's work. Yeah. That was work that I wasn't willing to put into because that would mean looking at myself. Yeah. That that There's a level of self-reflection that has to go in to um, intimate relationships. Yeah. Intimate relationships, whether they're platonic, romantic, or sexual, which by the way, we should also broach that because yeah. I'm we're going to be talking about that. The um, make-believe tenant <laughs> that I created, apparently, that's what I have to call it now. It's like a, it's like a tenant that I have devised in my own head. Yeah. But I learned this or this was developed in my own mind palace based on the knowledge and information that I learned about from the asexual community. Yeah. And again, I don't think this is this is talked about enough. I think this should be taught more in squirrel squirrels? Squirrels. 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 <laughs> in schools. Or just whatever. Yeah. It just needs to be talked about. But the difference between, you know, there I break connections yeah. up into platonic, romantic, and sexual. Yeah. And those mean different things to me. There's a lot of overlap in my connections, but I've learned to pinpoint what qualities fall under which umbrella yeah sense yeah platonic is very much what it says it's like it's a very specific level of intimacy well i think last time we said platonic was like your work friends your school friends yeah there's a lot of boundaries around it platonic has like very clear um familial yeah familial usually supposed to be should be it's supposed to be more clear-cut boundaries and there's not a lot of overlap into the other ones like familial obviously being um one of them platonic work friends acquaintances strangers a lot of those fall under the platonic category the friendships though a lot of friendships in my life especially with certain genders that are not cis straight males are romantic 
and sometimes sexual. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap. They're platonic, but there's a huge romantic facet to it. And then sometimes sexual is involved. Sometimes it's not. But romantic and sexual are very different things. Yeah. Sexual, from what I remember describing, sexual is very much physicality based. Yeah. Aesthetic it's based. Like aesthetic. It's, you know, I feel it in my body. Yeah. I feel like physical responses to it based on your physical, their physical appearance. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes though, what is it called? Is it called saposexual? Have you ever heard of that term? No. That's that, that's when people get turned on. This might be a redaction. I'm just going to throw this out there. It might be a redaction, but I'm pretty sure saposexual, it refers to someone who is very turned on by intelligence. Oh. And sometimes that happens to me. Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think he's a, I think he's gorgeous. But yeah. even John Oliver, what, not necessarily my type, but when he talks, I'm just like, whoa, your brain. Yeah. There are some people, like, I have met some people who are like, yeah, they're attractive, but like the way that I could pick their brain for hours yeah. is yes. fascinating. Is just hot. Yeah. Really, really hot. Yeah. And then, and then the, uh, the opposite where I'm like, damn you look good in those pants and then you open your mouth and you say like five sentences and i'm like yikes that's don't say just- anything ever again yeah <laughs> that's that i was shut down yeah. just just all the lust yeah. was just sucked right out of me so so yeah i when when we talk about this we'll be bringing I, I bring this up a lot is the platonic romantic and sexual and then romantic is just like a in my opinion it's a it's the highest level of intimacy that it doesn't necessarily have to mean physical intimacy no romantic is like i want to not only romance you but i just want to i want to know everything about you that's what i think romance is i want to know your very soul yeah you don't i don't feel that way in purely platonic yeah friendships whereas yeah i want to you know i want to sleepovers like you know having sleepovers with some of the friends that i grew up with yeah there were friends where I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I don't even want to go over to your house. Yeah. But sleepovers, like falling asleep beside each other or like essentially non-sexual pillow talk. Yeah. That was, that's romance. It's that so romantic. romantic. It is romantic. And we don't do that as adults. Listen, I think no, I was telling like- our friend Mary about this. We like shared a, she shared a TikTok with me and I was like, can we please bring back sleepovers like I love a good sleepover it's nice and it's low it's just like when you don't have you can just fall asleep when you need to yeah but like yeah just spending that much and that's a long time yeah that's a that's a long time to spend with someone that's romantic if you could spend a whole night with someone and not and not necessarily at like on a resort or like on vacation that's just you're going over to each other's house you're putting a mattress in the middle of the living room and you're watching movies and talking and eating snacks and like giggling until four in the morning yeah <laughs> just like having some of the most intense conversations that you've ever had that's that's bonding yeah that's immense bonding and i feel like it's probably a very there's going to be studies out there about why millennials crave that that's trauma but i just find that romance that's romantic also knowing like come on some of your best friends you know what gifts they love like really obscure gifts yeah that when you walk in a store and you oh my god that person would just absolutely love that shirt i would love that or want or want that book or need that little knickknack yeah that's so them 
romance. Yeah. My opinion knowing what foods they like knowing what foods not to get them that's a level of romance to me so anyways i digress so that's that's the weird tenant that i've broken down i feel like it's this is just my opinion my experience i think this is it, this that this should not be taught in school there's probably someone who knows how to break this down better but yeah this is my breakdown and this is this is how i live my life yeah your interpretation of the rules of engagement yeah <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's kind yeah. of my like my my tenant of engagement. Anyways, what were we talking about before that though? Twenties versus thirties. Just the incompatibility that we that we had with a lot of people. Because listen, this is the other thing too. You don't friggin' know your own needs. Yeah. At twenty two. Yeah. Not a lot of people do. And if you do, oh my god, Mazel, I tip my hat to you. But I didn't. Yeah. And, and a lot of people around me didn't. And that's that sucks. Yeah. I I wish that I hope that funeral future generations don't necessarily have to feel that way and have to like maneuver those minefields as much as I feel like our generation and and the ones before us had to yeah but again friendships I just think are I think they're the most important I really think they are the most important you know family great but think yeah. of how many people have chosen family over yeah that's was over, gonna say like your friends are your chosen family those are the people you chose like you you hand selected them to be your people that can sometimes love you better than blood well that you grew up with or or that you have a genetic connection to yeah let's touch on maybe 30s we've talked a lot a little bit we've talked a lot a little bit about that's a sentence what do you think about your 30s friendships well i think in my 30s i'm just making a lot of time for the people that i care about i try to like make space for everyone and i try to like which is like a little bit my red flag because like even if i'm like exhausted if i've made plans with you i don't want to cancel i hate having to cancel my plans Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so like even if i have like no spoons if we made plans like a week ago unless i'm like literally dying i won't be like hey i can't do it But I really like because I think in my 20s, I was okay with just like blowing people off. Yeah. 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 And so now I'm like, I flipped. I'm like 180. Go to the other extreme of like almost sometimes to your detriment. Yeah. But I also think like, God, there's just not enough hours in the day. There's not enough hours in the day. Sleep is such a big waste of time. It's such a waste of time. It's so necessary, apparently. Yeah. And it's the worst because like the, the amount of people that I want to see and things that I want to do and like people that I want to carve time out for, but like the day just doesn't allow it. Oh, it doesn't afford it. Also the work week. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Work week. It's five day work week. Get rid. Well, especially like, cause like I work a conventional Monday to Friday, nine to five, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of my friends don't, you know, some of them are servers. Some of them like work like, 7 a.m to like three and then i don't get off until five and then by yeah, then they're like already to too six. tired yeah yeah but also to this level of exhaustion that our generation feels in in terms of weekdays i feel like before i used to be able to rock a weekday and that's hard now yeah. that is very 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 hard so you yeah. like said a lot of it is reserved for the weekend which there's only so many hours in saturday <laughs> yeah <laughs> sucks but yeah you're right the 30s it's definitely more it's definitely more intentional and it's more um even though you don't see them as often maybe yeah you put in you invest in that time yeah. that you have with them I think a little bit more you know I kind of feel this way mm. 
I'm like, I do this thing where like, and I, and I worry if some people feel like offended that I do this, but I wait. A lot of times I don't tell people news. I don't like keep people updated on things until I see them. Oh, I'm the same. Right. And I think yeah. some people find that offensive, like if, they, especially when they find out like someone else knew about it before, cause I yeah. saw them sooner, but like for all my people out there know that like, if I'm not updating you on the regular, like, cause it, I just like, I want to see your face. Yeah. So texting stuff, I don't, I try to stay away from that as much as possible. Cause I want to wait, especially to tell you big news. I want to tell you that in person, in person. so we can have a, an, an organic exchange about it. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a very big thirties friendship mode is I don't text and update people. I also just don't text as much as I used to in my twenties. Sorry. Yeah. It used to be a big, used to be a big like info dumper via text and also yeah. just texted a lot more and not even that much. That's the thing is like, I texted more, but I've never been like an insane, not since MSN baby. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that's another thing is I just don't texting has gone out the window. So I really value face to face exchanges way more yeah. within my friendships than the alternate, which yeah. is why I really liked Snapchat for a while. But now I just find it like the videos overwhelming were so much fun for a while. But yeah, now I just like I'll probably get back into it at some point. It yeah, might just, be, might just be where I'm at right now. But yeah, and there's such a limited amount of spoons that I have lately that I really like to save them up for the in-person moments. Cause I think yeah. you just can't beat in person. Yeah. What else? No, I'm the same way. Like, I think like, and it kind of sucks though, because like there are people who like, I'll go months without seeing, right? Totes. And then like, I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting because I want to tell them in person. But then by the time I see them, I've like already forgotten that that big thing happened that I wanted yeah. to tell them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I blacked out. I'm so sorry. I, no, I, I was thinking about something and then I didn't hear what you said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's an honest, that's me being honest. I'm so sorry. I no, hate it good. when I do that. You might have to repeat exactly what you just said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, you okay? I really want to talk about it, but I don't know enough about it to talk about it. But like, maybe we should wait. And part two is the, the Hayes person. What are they called? What's their... Hayes. H-A-Y. Yes, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's kind of really changed. And they, she believes, she believes that a lot of friendship breakdowns happen because like your North Star bestie is the person, it's your compass. It's like the, yeah. the person that like guides you home when you are struggling. It's, it's your North Star. Yeah. OG besties were like at a prior point North Star. Yeah. But you don't see them as much or like circumstances change. So, so they just don't you're still really good friends with them, but you don't see them as often and yeah. that kind of thing. So they kind of transition into OG and sometimes they can go back and forth or whatever. Yeah. And I think she said that a lot of friendships suffer because they don't allow what is sometimes a natural transition to happen from, from North Star to OG. Yeah. Because it doesn't, you know, I think we put a lot of pressure on our friendships um, to be a specific way always. Yeah. It must always be this way. Yeah. Same, same in the same capacity that we do like romantic friendships. But I think we have this because we're not married to people because we're not married to friends or like we feel like there's I feel like um, actually I hate that I just said that. I think we put a lot more precedence on the importance of changing and adapting and working. Yeah. With your primary partner, yeah. your romantic partner. I think that those same 
principles and qualities and tenets should apply to your close, close, close friends, yeah. your BFs. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we do. And I'm maybe, and I'm probably projecting on the world because what I'm really trying to say is I don't think I've done that. Yeah. And that's something that I just don't like about myself right now is I've, I've always really struggled, place the same amount of importance on, ad- on adapting yeah. with the people that I love. And arguably, Evan's going to hear this and be like, well, fuck my drive. No, I love, I love, 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 love yeah. Evan. And he is absolutely one of my best friends, hands down. Yeah. Like I said, there's just, there are things that you will never be able to, that, that your partner just can't hold space for because they're doing all this other stuff that, you know, your close North Star besties or, or whatever yeah. you want to call them, your BFFs, you're just, you need them yeah, big time. And they change and they grow like seasonal, the seasonal best friend. I love that one. Cause they're like, they're just, they're in your season right now, whatever season is you're going through, they're in the same exact yeah. space. And sometimes they're closer to you at that point than your North Star. Yeah. But they're just there for a season. And sometimes they can move into North Star. Yeah. Sometimes they're a work bit. Like, it's just a really cool model. Do you see, does this kind of makes, and then there's the dead body one. What is that? That's that person that you would literally, like, you call when you're in deep shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. When you need, like. So it's the friend that, like, you could call in the middle of the night and be like, hey, I need help yeah. with this problem. Yeah. No questions asked. They'll come and get yeah. you. I feel like they're. I feel like they're the person that you make the first confession to. Yeah. If you've been holding something in for a really, really long time, or you've been carrying a really dark secret, I feel like dead body besties are the people that you confess it the first time to. Yeah. Or one of the people that you kind of just say like, I'm going through this right now, or this is what's yeah. happening, or this is what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what qualified. And then work besties, very self-explanatory. Yeah. Very important. I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people, our generation need a lot of good people through work like a lot of my people i have met through work like but also it's very important to have a work bestie yeah like it's it's very important to have at least one person or just people that you get along with they don't have to be your bestie yeah but people can kill a job or or happiness at a job yeah faster than any project any manager yeah People matter. Your coworkers matter. And if yeah. you can't even find one ally in the enemy camp, you're not going to last at that job. I digress, though. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But, <laughs> you know, I've just been learning that so many breakups happen because of the, the and these you experience so many little microaggressions, yeah. micro rejections from someone because that's and that's where that that's what it is, is your needs aren't being met because they don't know how to. Yeah. You don't know how to address it with them. So the, everyone's just in the dark. Yeah. And and then you you build this you build this fortress of resentment, and eventually that just turns into not being able to be invested in someone. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking. And I wish that we talked. I just wish it was talked about more. Well, I think too. Like, I mean, obviously, like when you get into a friendship, you don't really navigate it the same way that you would like a potential future partner. Like when you walk into like a. Mm-hmm. potential relationship you're like this is what I'm expecting these are my standards this is what I want this is what I'm looking for but you don't necessarily do that in friendships and I think like maybe 
we should start. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we should like knowing your values in the connections that you have and knowing what you need out of the people around you. Like, I don't think that it's like high maintenance for you to be like, this is my standard. Like yeah. if you cannot show up for me in this way, like I know ill will, I don't have anything against you, but like, this is what I need from my people. Yeah. And, and being able to just like talk about that, being yeah. able to like being able to talk about it, but also being heard. Yeah. Taking it seriously. I also don't know if we we have as a, a as a generation necessarily take the needs and friendships as seriously as we do romantic or or prioritize them yeah. as much. Um, and I I feel like I'm a culprit of that. Yeah. And I think that's something that I'm shift. That's that's chemistry in my brain that is shifting at this point. Is like relationships are important there are studies out there that say the happiest people air quotes air quotes because <laughs> happiness is like what, what is that a construct i don't know i don't yeah. know and most of the studies that they've done where they've interviewed people near the end of their life and they've said are you happy the ones that are like pretty much yeah are the ones that have had really good relationships that yeah. have prioritized and sustained really lovely and healthy relationships yeah. and that's important to me yeah and again, going back to, I don't think that I just like, I think both you and I, we took advantage, not because we were, we just didn't know that that's really what we needed, Yeah, but that was so important to us because I think, you know, relationships were very scary territory for us. Connection yeah. with people was not. Well, I think too, right. It was like a trauma response, right? Like I didn't have a problem with cutting people off because I grew up basically in an environment where like I would get close to someone and then they would just be gone the next day for whatever reason and totally. so I've just like I've like built a wall that I was like nobody's mm. allowed past this wall and if you disappear one day then who fucking cares I didn't see you anyways very much and I think I grew up in an environment where I was told or I was shown the people that I loved quite a lot that loving someone can still get you really hurt and people can use your love for them against you. Mm -hmm. Um, so knowing that at a really young age, like relationships felt very unsafe for yeah. me and they still do to a certain extent, like getting to a level of really loving someone, really depending on someone, just feeling very attached yeah. to someone is not a safe place for me to be a lot of times. So learning how to like, you know, really rewire that trauma response that those those internal fears is probably going to be my life's work. Yeah. Because um, I still do it. I still do it, even though I've been in therapy for nearly like 20 years. It's still a very like I notice when I'm, you know, when when it's happening, when I'm when my window of tolerance is like nil, it's like a little tiny whole yeah. because I'm feeling like I'm too attached to this person it's unsafe to be attached to this person yeah and it's not it's just my little inner child being like get out yeah and I think that's another reason why I cut a lot of people off is because the idea of working on it would only be standing up for myself or demanding my needs yeah or or, or implementing my needs that just got twisted around and it wouldn't matter because the same shit would happen yeah so that's rewiring that is like on the docket forever in my life and yeah. making sure that I don't put other people through, through, through extraneous pain because of my trauma response. Cause again, it's a reason it's not an excuse. Yeah. So I'm learning to take accountability for like where I've really failed, where I am failing 
and my connections with people. And I think a lot of that is, has to do with like, you have to, ex you first of all, have to know your needs. You have to know your values and you have to be willing to express them. Yeah. So that's kind of where, where I'm at in my thirties though. That's what, that's kind of where I'm prioritizing my, my relationships now in my thirties at 33 turning 34. And, oh my God. And that's interesting because that's well oh my god no but my brain might be fully developing at this point <laughs> isn't that a crazy like, thought it's maybe like half boiled yeah half -boiled like egg. maybe i'm near the time where my brain is fully developed because i'm 34 wow. i'm turning 34 that's mid that's mid friggin 30s gosh isn't that exciting god i still got five years to go <laughs> you still got five years to go you're still in the still in the thick of that old i'm still in the group. thick of it uh, although i think i'm gonna try to take advantage of it because now is when my brain is trying to absorb all the information 100 you're smart. so i'm just gonna try to learn as much as i can before i turn 35 and then after that i've learned all i can i think that's smart be yeah. the sponge be the sponge take advantage of what we deem to be a weakness which it's really yeah. not like and maybe on one hand it's a little bit of a challenge yeah but like work uh, we can yeah. learn languages later on that we can learn new skills and actually apply them yeah like absorb <laughs> and maintain the information for years yeah. to come yeah i love that um, what do you think you're prioritizing in your 30s again? Or did you already uh, answer this question a little bit? I don't think I did answer that, but I am prioritizing just nurturing friendships. That's lovely. I think I've... Uh, lovely way to say it. I think I'm overcompensating, question mark, because um, Ooh. I... Well, again, we talked about this the last time we recorded this episode, but like I like cut off my friends from high school because I in my 20s decided I was too good to be friends with them quote unquote and I have deeply regretted that so I think now in my now that I'm entering have entered my 30s I am not only repairing that but I'm trying to overcompensate because I like I want to show them that I can show up for them and that like I when I apologized I meant what I said when I said it and that I wasn't just apologizing to apologize like I I'm apologizing because like I fucked that up that's my bad like and I'm so sorry and I'm gonna work as hard as I can to try to make it up to you in any way that I can so I think just going forward into my 30s further into my 30s I'm just working on being more nurturing totally. to relationships that I'm trying to repair and also to relationships that I have cultivated going into my 30s like you know with people that I have met along the way mm -hmm. fuck I literally had two thoughts Started writing down the second one so I didn't forget. So, Just forgot. So sorry. God, what is the way out? Where is the way out of this labyrinth oh of hell? That is my mind sometimes. Just kidding. I love my brain. Whatever. I'm just going to do the second. Okay. Like, do you feel though, like, you know, you're striving to find balance? Like, yeah, because I feel that's the same way. Like, I over. I'm dated. Because I cut so many people off. Yeah. I went the opposite way, which was holding on to, I think, relationships. For too long. No, I don't. I think that I said that last time. Yeah. I think that I said that last time and I redacted that statement. I don't think that it's about holding on to relationships longer. I think I knew my needs. Okay. Because before I cut people off because I didn't know my needs necessarily. Got it. Now I overcompensated by still knowing my needs, but just trying to push them down and not talk about them oh. because I thought that that would solve the problem, sustain the relationship longer on what. So again, like, do you feel like 
you're finding this balance of like, you know, you're overcompensating, you might be overcompensating now. So finding this balance of not cutting people off, but also, you know, being able to juggle your needs too with theirs. I think I am finding a balance. Like, I think I'm overcompensating in that, like, I am putting in the work to like, see everyone. And like, obviously, like I said, like, there are only so many hours in a day, so many days in a week. And like, our schedules don't always line up. I have a million things going on. Like I'm editing podcasts. I'm learning coding. I work full time. Like I have all of these things going on. And there's so many people that I would love to see. I just don't have like people are like, if they want to see you, they'll make time where I don't have, (laughs) I don't have. Well, you are making time. You're absolutely making time. It's just, again, keeping in mind that what your time looks like yeah. is different from what your time, like what my time looks like is different from what your time looks like. It's again, it's that like balancing of like making sure that the way that you do things, you cannot, I don't think it's fair for us to be putting what, how we do things on every single person in our life. Yeah. You do make time. I watch you make too much time sometimes for other people and not enough for yourself. I try to like, make because I feel bad because I want because like I want to see them yes and I don't want them to like if I've said like the last five times that they've tried to hang out with me like I can't I have this thing Mm -hmm. like I don't want them to feel like oh I can't like reach out to her anymore because she's like always fucking busy yeah so I always like try to like find an in-between like it happened this week Mm -hmm. one of my friends messaged me and she's like you want to come out for dinner tonight and I'm like bro I got homework like I can't I've been putting off this homework for a week I can't and she's like okay well let me know when you don't have homework and I was like well I'm free Friday after work like I'm already going to be out if you want to come meet me for dinner like yeah and like I try to find like a compromise totally even if like at that time like I can't do it yeah I think I think and that's I mean that's absolutely all you can do I feel like that's another 20s quality of friendships was spontaneity I don't think that that applies as much in my in my 30s in my later years is last minute hangouts I don't have spoons I know I know but I used to do it a lot yeah and then I I I remember hitting a wall where I couldn't do it anymore and I know that that disappointed a lot of people but even people in my life still they had to we had to get over that hurdle of being like you used to just be able to come over on a dime that's not the same but you know what I mean yeah being able to come over like I'd ask you hey do you want to come watch a movie tonight I'd be like yes yeah and I used to do that a lot not because I necessarily wanted to but because I was so fucking lonely and I didn't like my own company yeah but I was willing to do that which that changed when I started liking my own company sometimes too much that's something working through now that's something I'm working through now is being like okay you might think you want your own company right now but you don't need it yeah but again just to reiterate that the the spontaneity I think we have to just really hold space for the fact that not a lot of people can do that yeah anymore I wish I wish I could like I wish I had spoons I wish I had the hours in the day like I wish yeah. the day would allow it but like I just that's <laughs> Sometimes it does happen, but those are the exceptions. Yeah. That's not the rule. It's yeah. the exception. And when those d- moments do happen once in literally a blue moon. Yeah. Then, then, and then you have a memory of being like, remember that time that we just had an impromptu whatever, insert whatever yeah. here. Insert activity uh-huh. here. Yeah. And we were up that until is- like two in the morning. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And it's special. It's, it's something that's special. This is my first thought. Okay. You were talking about how you know, you overcompensate now about it. And you were talking about like apologizing. Like when you say you're apologizing, this is something I'm learning. Mm. 
a lot in relationships in general. I think this applies to relationships. I think it's very easy for us to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's great. But I have very little interest in um, just there's there comes a point. I literally write this in my one of my books. I feel like I've talked about this or something. Maybe I talked about this in the last one. Yeah. That apologies when when apologies are used too often especially about a, a, a given circumstance around if you apologize over and over and again about a specific sir and I, i'm a culprit i'm i'm absolutely guilty of doing this but a frequency of apologies water down the sentiment yeah so like apologies are great but that still doesn't mean that you're taking accountability yeah. so like moving forward i'm demanding of the people that i love in my life and i'm demanding of myself more it's apologize once and then it's about making repairs. Yeah. It's not about just apologizing to someone. It's like, how are you actually making repairs? Yeah. The hurt that's caused. And I feel like that's not always done. It's just about, you know, moving forward in friendships, learning how to apologize once and then bringing Make solutions repairs. to making repairs. Yeah. And that's a part of taking accountability, like yeah. making sure that I'm holding my friends accountable really actually. Cause I think I've talked about that, like that I do that. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. as much as I think I do. Um, so just making sure that I'm holding myself accountable and I'm accountable for expressing my needs. Yeah. That is what I have control over and making sure that I'm not trying to control the behaviors of the people around me in order to make myself feel safe. Yeah. What I need to do to make myself feel safe is actually protecting me is holding me accountable (laughs) not other people like or do you know what I mean like it comes first I keep thinking like I'll be accountable once you're accountable and it's like no it's the opposite way I have to be accountable it's really I'm just on this like real journey of like internal and then out and I think I've used my life especially my friendships coming from an external to internal place and that is just that is a cycle that has been broken which is fucking great (laughs) <laughs> Love it. It hasn't been painful at all. But I'm excited for it. I'm excited yeah. for it. So either way, I'm I'm very excited about 2024 and I'm excited for my friendships in 2024. I think yeah. there's a lot of healing that's happened in the last little bit. Um, do you have anything else to add before we maybe call this? Nothing else on friendships, but I guess we will add right now that um we are taking a break for the holidays. <laughs> are taking a break for the holidays um at the time of recording it is the 10th of december this will probably be released on the 17th yeah or the 15th a week, a week from today week will be one after. week <laughs> uh, don't deminimize don't don't minimize my feelings to, to monitor time yeah and then we'll hopefully i think we'll record um early jan yeah like this week of jan so yeah. then it'll, it'll be released like second week a, a, week a week after which is one week <laughs> if we get if we can record sooner that's great but i think well i think too now that we've kind of done we've tried the remote thing it's 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 nice it is nice it is nice we don't right? have to leave our house and that's a blessing i think the energy does feel different it does so not all the time not all the time but like it's a lovely backup plan for yeah. those days where we're just like got one sugar spoon yeah um poll wise tell us what your thoughts are on friendship you know yeah we want to hear what you have to say what are some of the things that you you know you prioritize in friendships yeah what are the values that you have in friendships what do you think man what do you think people yeah (laughs) 
Let us know. Your thoughts, qualms, questions, concerns. This has been, um, you know, two months in the making, this episode. Okay? Yeah. It's a big deal. Allegedly. And now we're going to do a part two in the new year. So look forward right. to that when we come back. Mazel. Okay, everyone. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Not you. Don't you hang up. Ha <laughs> ha.